this is wrong. I am sacrificing my child totally to Satan. I work for Satan at this point in time. What is it really worth? What is it for? And I'm now encouraging this to these young girls who are going to inevitably want to be this. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor. We've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. What happens when you're a celebrity? You're at the top of your game, fame, fortune, you've got it all or so it seems. And then you have a check in your spirit. And next thing you're like, ooh, this is too much of the world. I'm going to follow Jesus. Well, you're going to find out because Kaya Jones is our guest today. And she has quite a story that you've got to hear. What's interesting is she's always had this foundational faith from little on, but there came a time where she had to cross over the line and really take a stand for Jesus. And what happens when you've got to pay that kind of a price, you're going to find out. Yeah. And she's going to teach us how to be bold and speak up and not cower down as Christians. Also, when you hear how God can weave the circumstances throughout her life, you'll be encouraged to look for the ways in which God is sovereignly putting things together for you that you're not even aware of. Yeah, for sure. So make sure you tune into this episode because Kaya Jones is a Canadian born singer, songwriter, and producer. She grew up in Las Vegas, but again, she was born in Canada. But by the age of 16, she had signed with Capitol Records and in 2003 auditioned and was selected from thousands, like 5,000 singers, and got the coveted spot of one of the most popular girl groups in history. Yeah. So she's one of the founding members of the group. Pussycat Dolls. Yeah. And she's perhaps best known as being the lead singer, but she experienced something pretty difficult during that process. And even though they had worldwide notoriety, in fact, they sold over, I think it was like 15 million albums and 40 million singles worldwide. So Amazing. that group was really popular. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the founding members and then closely involved with the whole development of their sound and their style. And now I get this, she's performed with the and been mentored by celebrities like Gwen Stefani, Dr. Dre, Bono, Britney Spears, Mick Jagger, Backstreet Boys, even had a relationship with one of the Backstreet Boys. Well, now don't so, give them all the, all the, they have to listen to the interview, but yeah, during this era of her life, she actually had that transformation at Christ. And now she is speaking boldly about her faith. And she is speaking about how women in the industry are really being treated and exploited. And she is on a mission to, yeah. to fix this issue. But Kaya continues to have a successful musical career. And she's a su successful entrepreneur who is involved with numerous projects, including her latest Grammy Award that was in 2019 for a collaboration with gospel artist Jason Crabb. And she now has a new album that she is getting ready to launch. So welcome to your biggest breakthrough. So let me just start off because you are, you're a very well-known celebrity. You're a singer, a songwriter, producer. You were with the Pussycat Dolls and we'll get into all of that, but you've had this transformational shift in your life and it's, it really impacted your early career. And we're going to hear the details about that. But first, why don't you take us back to the beginning of your childhood and your upbringing and what life was like as a young girl growing up? Because I was raised by my mom, so single 
parent household, which is hard. If anyone has had that, you know how hard it is. It's not easy. God really does step in for the widows and the orphans. And I felt that right away. Right away, I was pulled to the Lord because it was hard. My dad, biological father, had mental health issues and he was not in the home. So there was an immediate kind of duress and stress put into that picture of the home. And of course, me always being very adamant about praying for my dad, my mom having to navigate being a single mom of three girls at the time. And then my stepfather coming in and really around about the age of six years old and putting this foundation into my life, which showed me what a man really is. He was very biblical, definitely strong believer, still a very strong believer. And he started 1900. He did everything right. He was a businessman. But ultimately, when he sold 1900, he sold his contact list. And in 1993, in the state of Nevada, that is illegal. So at the time, that was considered illegal. Hmm. So Janet Reno, that was her thing come down on anyone doing because it was looked at as a form of telemarketing if you sold your contact list at the time. And they used him as an example. And he was initially, they were looking at trying to sentence him for 20 years in prison. They sentenced him to, I think the total amount of time was eight. And he ended up doing, he ended up serving five. So I remember being nine or 10 years old and my father coming home and saying that he was going to have to go to prison and the world that I knew. So I went from having real hard times before he came in, that he came in and brought this joy and structure and then that being taken away. And at that point, that's when I knew what my dreams of going into, I would say medical, because I wanted to do medicine that for sure was not going to happen. Um, and music, of course, was my second option. I wanted to sing. So I knew at that point I was going to have to step up for my family in a big way, especially for my mom to provide and help in the home. And that's ultimately when I was put into the music industry. He went into prison. I started waitressing and helping my mom as any, any way I could. We couldn't afford vocal lessons so because they were very expensive. <laughs> and so my mom would take me to karaoke bars. And it was a dollar a song. <laughs> Not maybe the best way to <laughs> learn to sing. I will tell you, if we had Jesus in our life at the time in a strong way and a church, that was the biggest thing. We didn't have a church, but I had my Bible and I had my faith. And that's all I, I will say to people, whoever, you know, is listening, if you're a new believer and you feel like it, it's not enough or, you know, you're not enough or you don't feel like you have a congregation. It's okay. We've all been there. You will find your home. It will happen. God is moving mightily. But for me, I didn't have, I didn't have a congregation city of destiny. And then now being Paula white and going to school with Rabbi Nestor and all the things that have now become part of my journey. They are my spiritual go-to mom and dad, so to speak. But I didn't have that foundation when I started. I only had my Bible and Jesus, and that's all you need. So as long as you have your foundation with Jesus and your Bible, you're going to be set. It takes time, and then it's pruning and meeting different people. But that was my upbringing. My upbringing was very hard right away. It was not pleasant. And before my stepfather came into the picture, there was a lot of bumps in the road going through 
molestation as a child because my mom was a single parent. And it was actually a family member who thought they could take advantage of my mom and her being a hard worker. And so when I was left to be babysat, these things took place. So that's why we really need the Lord to guide us because we all have a story and pain is not, you're not exempt from pain. Jesus never said you're going to be exempt, (laughs) but that was my upbringing in a nutshell. If that helps explain it, it was hard. And why we so appreciate you sharing that is because so many people have the perception that someone in your position who loves God, has big influence, has been a celebrity and now such an impact for Christ that you must have had it. Yeah. Must have had a pretty good upbringing, probably sang in the choir, was a Bible study all the time. Here you had a tough life. Those were, those were really almost traumatic experiences. Your father not being in the home and then your stepdad being removed. You had some faith. How did you get through that? Was God just hovering over you? Because those are some pretty big deals. Yeah. hundred percent. That's why I say when people ask me, when was I saved? Right away, I knew the Lord. You could not have that and not know the Lord a hundred percent. And I mean, I, I used to joke with friends and of course people now they know me who are my friends and go oh, her red phone. Cause I always would say I have a red phone to Jesus. Okay. Like straight away. And I remember being a little girl and doing that. I remember being a little girl and especially when I was going through some of these things, um, getting on my knees and just saying, Lord, help me, please. I need your help right now. And him coming in right away and not having anyone to go to, but I went to him. And so that's why if you have a relationship with him, if you know in, in, inside of you is he, and you hold on to that in your situations of good, bad, or indifferent, no matter what. And I think that's ultimately why by the time I get my dream, I audition for this, the group, the Pussycat Dolls, I become a part of something very special. All my clerks desired piled into one capacity. Then things not being right. I had him in me already because I watched Paula White when I was 16 on BET. I didn't have a home church. There was one church in Los Angeles, Oasis. I would go from time to time, but it really wasn't. I didn't have a relationship with the pastors. I would just go when I could. I tithe always when I would come to service. I always felt that was important. Even if it was the last money in my pocket, I always felt it was important to give that to God's And I mean, to this day, if I visit a friend's church or the friend says, hey, I want you to come and check out my friend's church, I always, and I, this is something I have to say, for sure it's a message for someone. Whenever you're visiting God's house, no matter where it is, tithe. Because the blessing is to, it's really not about what you think. Don't be an agent for Satan. Don't talk against people of the Lord, even if you don't agree with certain people. And I've had to learn that through ministry. You really learn we're all chambers of this body and it's all necessary from the pinky to the toe. You are needed. And I definitely, by the time I got into Pussycat Dolls, when things started to not seem correct, I knew then I had the Lord and he convicted me and told me, okay, Let's back up on this first, Kaya, because yeah, left the not everyone knows the whole story. Like, yeah, how you were did doing you... karaoke and not eating muscatel. So what's it the was deal? Ca- karaoke, not karaoke. <laughs> oh, so when I said <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, so that's quite a transition. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So how did you even become a pussycat doll? And because you already had 
God in your heart, you knew. And so to even go into that space to begin with, I just kind of want to hear that whole trend, you know, how that even transpired. I'm doing karaoke because we can't afford dollar a song, baby dollar a song. Right. My mom would say when I did a bad job, she'd go do again, go again. I was like, again. And it was really funny. Actually, looking back, it really taught me to not have fear of failure because think about it. You're in a karaoke bar. You just spend a dollar to sing. Your mother's there. It's 6 p.m. when people are having their dinner before the bar starts to. And then we'd go home before the craziness began. But it was that hour of people like coming in and they'd have like pizza or whatever they were going to have with their family. And there were kids that would go there that they would sing too. It wasn't uncommon. It really taught because I remember the first time I did it, she was like, no, get up and sing it again. And I was thinking in my head, are these people going to be really like, what are you doing? And, but I learned to not be embarrassed, your commitment to what it is. And so there are times in life, and especially for us Christians who I do believe go through because we, the call comes with a high, the call comes for a very high price. People don't understand when you're being called, that means it's going to be hard because you have to represent God's government. That's not easy. You're going to experience some spiritual warfare, which you have indeed. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's exactly, that's what a word, right? So true. And so we go through these moments and we're human, right? We're still human. Got to get back up. You got to go again and it's going to be public. And and that's why I say, don't be an agent for Satan is when we see other Christians fall, pray for them, pray for them. We don't get it, pray for them because that might be us the next go round, right? Depends on the seasons we're in where sometimes you're in a summer or winter, fall, spring. It just, we're not all in the same. And especially if you have an important word for the, for what God is requiring too much is given, much is required. And so therefore, yeah, so I'm doing the karaoke stuff and I was asked to work with a Polish pop artist for his album. Like he, wait, so he spotted you singing karaoke? Like how did that happen? I sang for this manager. I sang for anyone, anywhere that I, because I didn't know anyone in the music industry. I sang for anyone, anywhere. I was like, you needed to hear my voice. I just kept singing for everyone. And this woman heard me sing. And so six months goes by and she calls me. She said, do you remember me? You sang me. I have this gentleman who has this album. His singer just left to go perform with Tina Turner. And basically what was said was she went to sing for Tina Turner. He's looking for a singer. Can you come and audition for him? And I did. And he gave me the job and it was to tour with him singing. But of course I was a kid. I was like 12. So there were times where I'd have to wear a wristband to go and perform. And then they would take me off of the stage because I wasn't old enough to be in the establishment, but they would allow me to, it's just so funny. I heard Shania Twain say a similar thing. And I, I was laughing because I was like, that's so funny when we're not of age to be in certain areas to sing. The deal was that he was going to work on my demo tape and he did work on my demo tape, but he wanted to do another album. And I was like, no, we got it. I got to, I got to do me. I'm going to get going here. I'm going to help you, but I've got to do me. And I then bombarded the tour bus to Eminem and Dr. Dre. I heard they were coming into town. I couldn't afford a ticket. I went down to the concert hall with my friends and we didn't have enough money for the ticket. Like I had a, together we had $150, but each ticket was $150. So we did not have enough money to get it. And 
I started crying. And one of the guys was a scalper said, are you really crying? And I said, yeah, I'm going to be a huge singer one day. And I need to beat these people at my belief. My faith was so strong. May I add that I started praying to Jesus about my voice when I was about six years old. So I wanted to go into medicine, but I also, my other want was I want to be like Whitney Houston one day. First of all, real quick, I love that you have this grandiose childlike faith and this bulldog perseverance. Like you're like, this is what I'm going after. I'm going to get there. No matter if you don't have 150 bucks or that's all you have or whatever, you're going to figure out a way. That's a good, that's a good word for any age, for any age. Don't give up. Don't give up. Like press in six years old with Houston singing the national anthem. It's Super Bowl. Dallas Cowboys playing jets fly over. And I said, Lord, I want to do that. So every night I would lip sync to my teddy bears and I would pray, dear Lord, one day you're going to give me a voice like Miss Whitney Houston. And then, and every year it would change. It was like Celine Dion some year. And then another year it was Nina Simone. It was whoever I was in where I carried every year changed, but I asked. And finally, when I got a voice, I knew it was the Lord giving me that instrument because I prayed for it. So my unparalleled like faith was like, truly, you've gotten me out of so many things. My dad always, even when he was incarcerated and would send me and my sister letters, it was always about reading the Bible, reading the word. He had been reading the word and getting to know the Lord in that time, which is why I just needed understanding for those that are incarcerated and the children of those that are incarcerated because really locked up with your family. People don't understand that. It affects the whole family. And, um, And it's very hard to process. And so I, in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna meet these important people. I've gotta say, so I bombard the tour bus because the scalper says, I can't give you the ticket, but I know where they're staying. So where are they staying? And he said, they're staying at the Cambridge Hotel. I don't know if it's still there. The Cambridge Hotel on Bay Street in Toronto, Canada. I'm thinking like it's 11 o'clock at night when I've got to go to this, but I'm going to go. And my friends are like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And they're like, what are we going to do? Just walk up in there. And I said, that's exactly what we're going to do. And they were like, are you crazy? And I'm like, we got to get, we got to make moves. Let's go. <laughs> and they thought I was nuts. I remember we used the money that we were going to spend the $150. We used it on cabs that night because we took a cab. We get to the hotel. The tour bus is outside of the hotel. We walk out and standing in front of the hotel is the bodyguard. And he's like, where do you think you're going? And I'm like, going to our room. And he's like, what room are you staying in? And the only thing I could think of was my house number. It was 100% lying. Now, I don't advocate for that. I was lying <laughs> at this point, okay? My house number was 703. So I said, like, we've got to have a 703. It's more than seven stories. So I said, 703, 703. Hey, proof to one of the guys from D12, aren't you staying in 703? Because the guys start to come out of the bus at this time. And literally, okay, literally, <laughs> Literally, proof goes, yeah, I'm staying at 703. And oh my gosh. Whoops. And I think in my head, this is a lie. Even though I'm lying, I believe that they're lying because I'm discerning it's one in a billion that you've picked the same number. And I'm going to stay committed to what I'm committed to. I need to meet these people. They're in the music industry. They're going to help my career. And I'm not going to budge. So I said, no, you're not. 
you're, I'm staying in 703. And he's, no, I'm staying in 703. And I, we went back and forth for a minute. And finally he said, just kidding. So I, I stayed committed and I said, yeah. I said, if you really don't get out of my way, I'm going to refer you to the manager. I don't know who you guys are or who you think you are, but my parents are waiting upstairs oh, for me. You pulled the parent She's also card an on. actress. She's I also a parent card. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, how dare you right away? This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But you get to meet them. They're like, wait, calm down. Don't worry. And I got to meet them. And Eminem comes out of the tour bus and they asked how old we were. They were like, wait, you guys are way too young. You're children. They were really respectful, believe it or not. A lot of people assume guys in the industry. Nope. He literally said, no, you're jailbait. I'm not coming near you. You're beautiful, but you're way too young. And I was, of course, I was like, let me sing for you. I am. <laughs> you need to know who I am. because I'm going to be a big singer one day and all of this. And gave proof said, we're going to be in Las Vegas. Cause I said, oh, is it? My family, because I have family in America and family in Canada. I said, visit my family in America because that's where I grew up. And then because of my dad's incarceration and not having any support, we moved back to Canada at the time. And so that's where why I was in Toronto, Canada at the time. And so all of a sudden, uh, he says, if you're visiting your, your family in Vegas, we're going to be there in the summer. We can get you tickets to the show. And I was thinking like, whoa, how many hours before I couldn't afford a ticket? Now I'm in front of these people and they're going to give us tickets. So I was like, wait, yay. He says, give us your number or your email. We'll make sure that our people connect with you. And I was just really excited. So I gave them that and I go walking out. My friends follow me to the, to where you hail a cab back to the front of the hotel. And they're like, wait, you said you were staying. Where are you going? And I turned around. I said, I lied. And they laughed. They thought it was so funny that this little girl had concocted this whole little story. And I said, but I got to meet you guys. You know what I'm thinking in my head? That they'll probably never call, but that's okay. I got to, one day they'll remember me. They did call. They did give us tickets to the show. We had a ton of tickets. I could take my family, my sister's friends, a bunch of people to the show. And ultimately, Proof then introduced me to my first manager that got me my first record deal. Okay, but we're not advocating to lie and get your one. No, I do not advocate. <laughs> you all things are good for God's glory. I, that's all it. Thanks for it. That's right. So we all have a we all have a secular life that we've totally. come from. Yeah. And part of all of that is now he's look how far he's taken me. But that's how I got started in the music industry. And then ultimately, years later, auditioning for the Pussy Gadgets. What's really great is that I was then casted for the role in Eminem's music video for D12 and Eminem called How Come, where I was cast. Now I'm 19 at the time. I'm cast across from Eminem to play his wife in this video. And I wondered, because I was a pussycat doll, did they recognize and know that I was the little girl they helped way back when, seven years, and they didn't. And I get onto set and Proof is walking out of the trailer and I walk out and I go like this on my hip and I'm like, you're not going to say hello. And he goes, wait. And I said, you're not going to say hello to me. He goes, wait, who are you? And I said, like seven or three. And I tell him the story. He goes, you're the girl we got. We helped and got signed to. And I said, yes. And he goes, you're now a part of the Pussycat Dolls, which is our label mate. And I said, yes, I got to tell Marshall. He's going to freak out. 
many people, they get an opportunity, but they don't follow through with that opportunity. Mm. You never stopped. You kept going. And they said, absolutely. You guys gave me my, my break. To be seven years later on set with these individuals that helped my career start. I couldn't believe it. I was like, that was a hot, that was a bad moment for sure. Totally. He does work out all things for his good and his glory. And so you're, you're in the midst of the pussycat dolls and you're, you're at the pinnacle of fame and fortune and all the things, but there was something inside of you that was stirring. That was like, this is not who I am. So let's talk through that a little bit. And then we'll shift gears here, but I really want to talk through that because there's so many that are listening that don't have a major platform or stage, but they have social media and that kind of thing. And they're trying to become famous and all of that on their own. So let's talk about the ways in which the enemy trips us up and how you came to realization of it all. So I auditioned for the Pussycat Dolls. I become a member of the Pussycat Dolls from 5,000 women down to 200 to 40 to 20 to two. And then another one was added. So three in total. That was incredible. Like, wow. And you have all these mega names that picked us in the end. They, they were, we didn't realize that when they said, oh, we have industry only showing up to watch us perform. And it was five girls. They narrowed it down to at that point and before the final three. And we didn't realize that when they said industry only until I walked out on stage and I saw the people in the audience were Gwen and Eve and 50 Cent, Bono and Dr. Dre. Then you realize Bon Jovi. Then you realize, wait, the industry only are people that do what we do, who was ultimately the girls in the group. Wow. I remember thinking like, oh my goodness, like they can do what we do. So we got to be real good. Right away, I was like, don't forget your lines. Don't mess up. Like all the things in my head, where is it? Like all the things are like so crazy in my head. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And ultimately it worked. It worked out. I became a member. I was really happy. I was really grateful for the opportunity, but it started to get strange where I, all of the things that I did to get to that moment, I never dealt with, believe it or not. I know a lot of people may not understand this. I never dealt with anything that didn't feel right. I had been around a lot of rock and roll people, a lot of people in different areas of the music industry. And I never really dealt with anything that was not tolerable or not like we can get over and past it. This was just odd and it was intense and super strange. It was a lot of uh, just a lot of unscrupulous situations to be a young woman in. And that to me was where. In what ways specifically? Can you give us a couple examples? Yeah, of course I can. Pushing off an executive in the back of a limo after performing those kinds. And those were regular things. Those went on all the time and having to say no. And how do you do that? How do you constantly have to be put in these situations where you feel like you have to stand up for yourself over and over and over again? And no one's there looking out for you really the way that it should be. Britney Spears has talked about this, just the controlling mechanism of like, Everything you say, everything you eat, everything you do, who you're dating. All under scrutiny. All under scrutiny. And I understand it to a certain degree because you are influential. They care. But it became it, it came at such a price that it wasn't pleasant. There were no moments of pleasant. There were no moments of pleasant. So it's like you're selling this. And if you should get pregnant, 
you are encouraged to get rid of that pregnancy. In fact, it's, there is no other way for you to continue with your career. And did you experience that? I did. You did. did. And I've been very public about that, which is a part of the reason why when I was at Diva's Live, I was in process of going through an abortion, had taken what they gave me to go through this abortion. I'm performing at Divas Live. Like this is the pinnacle of your career. You're now a mega star and patting the bell singing on stage. And you should be like, wow. And I wasn't, I was horribly broken at that point in my career where I'm 19 years old. I'm performing to 30 million people worldwide. There are 23,000 people in-house and I have, I'm losing my child in real time. I'm told I'm fat underneath the stage while I'm losing my child by our dead mother that controlled everything. So you're also like, yeah, if I have any extra weight, that would make sense because you're pregnant. So the mental manipulation. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, and just the breaking you down and, and feeling like that big, like just so small. And there were two little girls in the front row. The young one had to be maybe four or five years old. And the older one was about seven or eight. And they were looking at their mom and they looked up at me because me and one of the other girls were coming through the audience onto the stage. And the other women were coming from the back onto a riser as Patty LaBelle's wailing and we're being preset coming through the audience. And you're supposed to be very stoic because you're, you haven't started performing yet and you're just supposed to stand very still and not pull focus, of course, from the entertainer who is performing at the current time. That was what was so hard because I wanted to just hug them. There were two little girls and they were like, mommy, she's a pussycat doll. They were just so excited and they were pointing at me. And in that moment, it was just like this heavy intent. I can't do this. Like, how can I do this? Like, I'm going through the loss of a child in this moment. I have these two children in front of me that are convicting me going, I look up to you and the God in me who knew what was right and what was wrong, that this whole thing was wrong. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much pretty or glitter or any of those things that you put on it, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I am sacrificing my child totally to Satan. Mm -hmm. I work for Satan at this point in time. What is it really worth? Is what is it for? And I'm now encouraging this to these young girls who are going to inevitably want to be this. Don't you think there are times where God speaks in the midst of something where we just don't expect him to speak? That's pretty extraordinary that you're up there right in the middle of your about to perform and you hear God speak through the eyes of those two young girls. I think it's it's a real word for all of us. We have to stay on the alert. And then if we hear God's voice, what's next? Because you heard his voice What did you do about it? I needed to find a way out. I didn't know how, but I knew that was the beginning of this process. It was that night that an executive is like attacking me in the back of the limo. So I'm still losing my child. Follow. (laughs) I'm still losing my child. I'm going through it. So there were all of these things. And I had to just find a way to get where I needed to. The Lord also showed me if I stayed, what would happen to me? He's always been super prophetic in my life. He's given me prophetic instructions in my life. And one of them was, if you stay, you will not survive. And I didn't understand if that was survive in the spirit or survive in the physical space, but I knew 
maybe both. I knew that I didn't have a choice, but that was a really hard choice to make. Of course, every single person said I was crazy because I was at the time. Also, may I add, I was in a very serious relationship with a backstreet boy while I was a pussycat doll. So on all levels, I was dealing with knowing that you don't really have anyone to run to because even the person I came home to was like, oh, that's normal. The pressure of the industry and just the perversion of the way in which are grooming you to think and to be, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the thing is Satan works through us, right? We either go towards the Lord or we go towards Satan. We have to resist the devil every single day. Yeah. People sometimes think it's outside of you and it it can be, but sometimes it's right here. And we really have to cut it out of ourselves where we go, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. And that journey was, and even after I left the Pussy Dolls, in a way, was working for Satan because they still wanted me to do music like that. They still wanted me to. So the opportunity, now I was just by myself. Now, maybe I wasn't dealing with the sexual stuff where I was being asked or going through those specific kinds of moments, but I was still promoting a very sexualized look, brand, me. It was just not. And I fully living for the Lord, even though you had the Lord nearby. Even though I said goodbye, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, free. And then it was like, no, I remember going to producers and saying, I really want to sing to the Lord and going, oh, it's going to be so much harder. Oh, it's even harder and worse in that industry. No, it deterred me from it. So I was like, what? It was still very sexualized songs, very, and I couldn't get away from it, could not get away from it. And, and that was hard. So that you just had a full on surrender of your dream because it was what it felt like your dream, but really the dream is what God has on your heart and it's greater and bigger. And it's some of what you're doing now, but it's the surrender and the letting go and the trusting of what God has for you next. But I think about you and your boldness and your courageousness for stepping out of that space and how people, like you said, they, they thought you were crazy to do that. Why is it so difficult with Hollywood involved, why are they so nervous about Jesus? Well, because you started to get more outspoken. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't mind talking about Jesus. They were getting nervous. And what, what happens? Why is there such resistance and pushback and the price you ended up paying because you, you claimed the name of Jesus? I truly believe because he's the king of kings. That's why. There's no other, there's no other name that carries the authority that it carries. It literally removes bondage. Whether you're saying Yeshua HaMashiach or you're saying Jesus Christ of Nazareth, it holds weight. The Holy Spirit knows who you're talking about, because, but it has a lot of authority and that authority cancels all oppression. And the evil does not want it being spoken in the atmosphere of in the spiritual realm. It does not want it spoken. It does not want it revealed because of the authority it carries by, by saying it out loud to one, let alone millions of people, it's going to transform because by, even by osmosis, it's going to transform someone and their bloodline. And that's to me why it carries such a heavy price because, you know, when Lucifer fell, he took two thirds of God's army. And God is coming back for his army, which is what Christians are, which is what 
us believers of Jesus are. We are the light on this planet to light up the world because he's reclaiming his people. And, and he's going to get all of that army back. And so Satan knows that. And here we are, and we're in a massive war. And I do believe when I said it, when I literally got phone calls and can't make this up of people saying, I hope you can't walk that back and going like, whoa, you're working for, I'm working for now, or you know who you're bowing to at that point. Who you're bowing to. So obvious. Yeah. You're not even hiding it. That's so powerful because I think all of us need to be very aware that if you're going to claim the name of Jesus and you're going to claim to be a follower, if you're not getting pushback or flack, something's wrong. But the reality is if you're true in it and sincere, right, there is a spiritual war going. It'll create a great ruckus. Kai, I've got a question to ask you that I'm not even quite sure how to ask it, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. You're moving out of that world and into something new, taking a stand. You're paying a price. You're getting flack. But the Christians have now said, woohoo, she's on our side. And here's a celebrity <laughs> spokesperson who now is very bold about her faith. So here's what I want to ask you. How do you protect yourself? This might be an ongoing process from being used, if I can put it that way, by people in the church to put you up on stage as a trophy person and then begin to distract you from what God has called you to do. Is that making sense? How do you avoid even the, the church even on the other side wanting to take advantage of who you are because of your notoriety? The reason I ask that is because there have been other celebrities who have been very notorious within their industry, whether it's music or yeah, athletics or whatever. A few before the show, I was thinking like about Bob Dylan, Dylan even, who yeah. became a Christian, wrote songs, and then and then drifted away, and the church really wanted to take advantage of his celebrityism. And Eldridge Cleaver, who was a big leader in the Black Panthers years ago, many years ago, who I think he's passed now, but as soon as the church got a hold of him, they wanted to really capitalize on his celebrity status. Yeah. So, so there have been times past with other celebrities who have become Christians and they become very vocal for Jesus. And then the church jumps in and they grabs them. They want to own you. And how do you protect yourself from even being used by the church who want to capitalize on your notoriety? That's a good question. It's, it's knowing and discerning and listening to God, because the truth of the matter is that it's really about him. It's not about, it's not about people. There have been times where people have had their opinions about me and not want me in certain situations in, and actually God then going, I'm still going to get her where I need her to work for me. And even in, in the Christian sector, because it's about him. And so if you are with certain people in ministry and it's not aligning or you're feeling used or what have you, listen to the still voice of the Lord and pray for them because we all are important in the, the big picture. But are there times where even people in the Christian world get excited about the fame or the and, it, and yeah, and this is the reality is when we go to Romans, the gifts are without repentance. There are people that still, they're still gifted. They're still moving in the gifts. Um, so we pray for them yeah. because if we don't pray for them, we're actually coming against, see, this is the truth. Even the people that we don't understand in ministry are being 
used by the Lord in some capacity, even if it's on a tiny scale or a massive. Because, and so when we say something and then we seek pushback or from our Heavenly Father where something attacks us in our life and we go, whoa, I don't get that. I was doing the right thing. The reality of it is that you're actually saying, God, I don't agree with what you're doing. And so I've had to live that out where I've had my opinions and I stop myself and go, I'm not going to be an agent for Satan. Father God, you're going to handle it. You are going to handle it. So I'm going to give it to you. And I repent of anything that I said incorrectly or thought incorrectly because we're human. We do it. And um, so I think that's the best way is I just leave it up to the Lord and I just hand it to him and say, it's about you. Yeah, and and it. also knowing, also trusting that um, because there are times where I do feel that I've been for sure pulled in different areas. There have been times where I for sure had to really get to that quiet place and just say, Lord, you will navigate this ship. Yeah. Healthy boundaries. I might be, yeah, healthy boundaries mm. and leaving it up to God and trusting in his process. Yeah. And even though it may not make sense, because I, I have friends too that I just, wow, they've astounded me in ministry of some of the stuff they've had to deal with. Because remember, there are those that were, you know, it, it, especially with possession, right? When we're talking about the evil one is within us, right? We got to get away from him and cut away from that. And yeah, of course, they're going to be in the spiritual hospital. Of course, yeah. you're going to see, of course, you're going to see stuff, but we pray for them. We that's go and it. pray. That, that's really what I do. I okay. pray for power in that prayer, Kaya, yeah, you know that. Exactly. And as you that. are, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I think she's, she is modeling for us the answer to all of the temptations that come our way. And that Just is pray. stay intimate with Jesus. Yeah. Get away, be quiet and listen up. So as you are now, Kaya, more ministry focused, you're still singing and you're still doing all your giftings. You actually have a new song that is out, right? That is coming out that we want to share about. Yeah, we, ha- we actually have a lot of new songs that are going to be coming out. So this past year, because this past year was, I'm going to say probably my hardest year to date. And you've heard a lot of my life. So that should say a lot. A hundred percent. Everything that could happen pretty much happened this year. I lo- It was a job year. It was everything is going to be taken away. And it was. And so all the things that I thought I got this. I'm in ministry now. I'm good. It was like, no, he just started to take away and really humble me because I did have a spirit of pride and that had to happen on, especially because I was ministering and singing on praise and doing that. He humbled me and was like, you you know, where I'm taking you, literally what he said was where I'm taking you in music. If you don't know me, then how can you praise me? He didn't mean know him the way I intimately was talking about my whole life, knowing him. He meant knowing his word in order to minister, knowing the scriptures in a deeper way, which is why I've been in Hebrew Bible school all this time. And also listening to some of the best pastors and ministers and what they've had to come against and how they've had to learn. And so we're constantly learning God. We're never in this walk with God. It's a forever studying him. It's not a, oh, I got it. 
even when we think we got it, that's usually when he's, no, you don't. Yeah. He let me prune you a little bit more. Let me sharpen you and make sure that you're more like Jesus's character and this way or that way. Yeah, exactly. So this past year has been a lot of loss, but Mm -hmm. a lot of actual foundation. So he's been like creating this very beautiful foundation and I've had a super natural covering because I shouldn't be like, oh, ha ha, la la. I've had it one thing after the next thing from seven different deaths this year mm. of people mm. that meant a lot to me and people in my life to losing two homes, to losing my dog, to my other dog just being attacked two nights ago. Like when I say I've been through a really hard year, losing jobs, different things, but then another thing coming in. And, and I mean, being like, what, you know, um, no longer singing on praise team, but then now you're going to record an album for me. And I want you to know what that is. So, so the new music we have coming, we have go through the father, because I was trying to think, what am I going to tell young women, especially my four-year relationship, God shutting that down and saying, it's not rooted with me. That comes to an end too. And just been cutting, cutting and foundation. Go Through the Father is truly about when a girl or a guy, if you're looking for a partner, no matter what age you are, what would I tell them as a Christian that they should be doing is that person needs to go through the father to get to you. That's what that song is about. But we have Royal, which is just talking about being royal. because That's what we are. So we should hold ourselves super high when it comes to how God sees us anyway. And yeah, there's a bunch of songs that we're doing. There's Lita, which is Love is the Answer. That's coming out. So there's a lot of them. I've just been working on an album. I've been- yeah. When is this album released? Next year. So it's coming out next year, but we, I'm, I'm still recording. I'm recording in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be here, Atlanta, all over the place. So 2023, look forward to that new album. We cannot yes. wait. But each single might be out sooner than that. Well, okay, good. We will be praying specifically for you, Kaya. You have been just such an instrumental influencer in the way that you are boldly speaking truth. And I know that's not easy. And some of this year, the spiritual warfare that you've experienced is such a testament to where God is taking you because the enemy doesn't mess around with people that God doesn't have a big call on their life. And so I know you know that. And I'm just grateful that you are heeding to, to his call on your life and that you're being the role model that these little girls that were once looking at you before, these new girls that are looking at you are saying, yes, that's the gal that I want to be like. And obviously it's because of the Christ in you that they want to model. So anyway, I just want to say thank you. And yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I have to say, because when you, you speak for Christ and it becomes yeah. very obvious that you've Years ago, you decided, I'm going to stop serving me. I'm going to start serving Jesus. And that's real evident in the words that you speak. And wasn't it, didn't I see somewhere in an interview, your mom said to you, that mouth of yours is going to get you in trouble or big trouble or, or the opposite. And look what it's done. It's fantastic. Keep yeah. speaking it out. That's right. What's one thing that most people don't know about you, Kaya, that maybe would be a kind of a fun fact that is maybe personal or, or not so much, maybe you... Play the piccolo. I don't know. <laughs> I'm very quiet. I like quiet. I like peace. I like being quiet. I like 
Yeah, I like silence. I enjoy silence. That's actually probably something most people would not know about me because I'm very vocal or loud. But I do, if anything is going on or dealing with anything, I like to be in silence to think, to understand, and also to hear God's voice. That's when we hear him. I love serving when we serve. And not only is it awesome to be part of a body of Christ of people helping one another, putting things together, but when we serve, that's when he actually gives us some of the greatest revelations of downloads. Even if it's like you're helping the culinary side of ministry, cooking for, you know, the leaders at your church or your synagogue or wherever your fellowship or your centers, wherever it is that you worship the Lord. And when we move in love, we're moving in Christ. Whether people want to admit that or not, he is love. So you're moving in love, you're moving in Jesus. That's it. And if you haven't met him yet, he's coming one way or another. You've got it. Every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess. So that's it. One way or another, you're all going to get the memo and we're not to force it. But so one thing about me, I love serving. That is my favorite thing because I love getting downloads from Jesus. I love spending time with Jesus. Something that people probably don't know about me is I really like doing this stuff at home. I like putting together like how stuff I play games on my like phone, like how to like decorate. Oh, I want to, I, yeah, I want to become a really good homemaker. I do. I like cooking. I love cooking. Yeah. So that's probably stuff that people don't really I know about that. me. Think that, but I think that goes back to the Bible because where God meets women is when they're like by the well or they're with their children. It's like, the, but when it comes to the men, it's so funny. I was saying this to friends. Do you notice in the Bible that every time men have an encounter with God, they've got to be like climbing up a mountain or something very <laughs> pro. Guys are like doing something really warrior big. stuff. Oh yeah. oh yeah. And like us women are like, by the way, it's washing clothes, whatever it is. It's, it's never, it's, it, he fight. he meets us women wherever we are. But for men, for some reason, you guys got to go through war. I'm like, what is going on? He's got to take a two by four to us to get our attention. That's <laughs> something pretty drastic. That, what a word. What so a word. true. What a word. That is good, Kaya. I love it. I love it. We are about to wrap up this interview here. You've been so gracious to us, but I actually want to end on a very controversial topic because you are controversial in the sense of your boldness, which I love. But I want to talk quickly and go back quickly on this because I think there's some people listening. They're like, how, what can I do in this situation? How can I make things better? And because I'm just this person that is on the sidelines seeing all this happen, but what can I do as an individual to make a difference? And so I'm thinking about just the exploitations and because that's really what your mission is to really help unravel this and reveal it and get it, get things restored. And so with yeah. brands like Balenciaga, okay, I'm just saying that because that's like a fresh, most current today yeah, brand, yeah. okay, that there's many out there, but what do you think it will take for a turnaround in this world? And how can the person listening when it seems so out of control, what can they do? What would you tell them to do as an individual to make a difference? I would say, don't give up and keep speaking because this is the problem. We let things slide as Christians like, oh, forget. You can forgive. Don't let people forget it. Stand on it. Stand on the word of God. There is no compromise. Create the brands. We have incredible ideas as Christians. Start making the awesome 
fashion brands for what we stand for. Christian conservatives, get behind our fellow man. Stop supporting these institutions that don't align with your walk. If you've already bought a Balenciaga bag, if you've already bought a Louis Vuitton bag, that's different. If you want to sell it, if you want to get rid of it, that's different. But as far as they will never get my money again, um, unless for some complete turnaround of events where they make it about Jesus, which I don't know if that's going to happen, but I pray that each one of those people find the Lord. I pray for them because they will meet their maker. They're going to have pushback and we're already seeing that. So I pray for them. That's the first thing. Pray for pray for them for they know not what they do. Shut down pedophiles, period, end of discussion. We need men to rise in this time. So I pray for the men that are into pornography and that are into pedophilia, because if the men's heart change and they become strong men in the Lord, they will usher more men in the right capacity. Addictions are real. We've all had to cut parts of our flesh out and it's hard. It's not meant to be easy, but if we stand on the word of God and so many women have found the Lord, but so many men, like you said, they have to get hit with a two by four. But I do believe that when we culturally are making this so available to men where it hunts them down, you can't get mail now without the catalog being smacked in a man's face of seeing sexualized. You can't go on social media if you're a man and not feel the pressures of the visual stimulations of young women. It, it truly is something that us women really need to be more mindful about. I'm not saying become all the way up to here buttoned up, but be mindful of it, right? There have been times where I've been listening to a teaching. I've been in the audience and I could tell that from the pastor because I had my hair all done up and, and I immediately said, and I pulled my hair back because it is my responsibility too. And immediately he was then able to continue with what he was doing because I was distracting from the word of God. So ultimately God we got to move in that space where it's not about me. It's not about him. It's about our flesh and we got to cut it away every day. And if I'm causing a distraction, then that's not really what I need to be doing either. So we're all responsible in this body. We're all responsible. So what I would say is, but don't back down on individuals that are showing you. I just can't, what I can't understand is how could you come onto set and you see a baby, a child laying across a couch. First of all, the parents, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But let's say you're the makeup artist or you're the hairdresser or you're somebody or you're the lighting guy. You come on a set. This is the setup. There's a table. There's wine, bottles, bondage here, and a four-year-old or three-year-old child laying across the couch. You pick up the kid and you walk out. You don't go, oh, I think this is a good idea. You know what I mean? Like, I can't understand or concede, even if someone thought this was a good idea, there were people there that didn't feel the unction to do something. Because they're working for Satan. They're in a different space. So anyway, we could totally go off on this tangent. I I didn't mean to do that, but I did because I know your heart in this. And I want to give people some ammunition Mm. to, to make a difference and to figure out what can I do? that's even small, that make a difference. You were chosen for this time. You are a child of the most high. It is our responsibility to do something. And if we all get together, we become a mighty fist to strike a mighty blow. Instead of being fingers, come together, stand on the word of God, don't back down and create the brands you want to see. We have 
incredible, talented Christians out there that could make it all about Jesus. And I would rock a bag that's about JC all day, every day. You know what? And I would pay $200 for it and I'd pay $2,000 for it. So let's come on. Let's do it. Uh, I love it. Oh, drop the mic right there. Maybe we need to create some like two by four. Don't get any ideas. Kaya, you are a, awesome. a, a beautiful inspiration and a tremendous model for what it really means to pay the price, take a stand, serve Jesus. And you've, you, while you've had aspects of your life that have been glamorous, you've had painful times in your life where God has really shaped you. And I think about that quote, God can't, he can't use you greatly until you've been hurt deeply. But the way you respond to it in that intimacy with Jesus is a great model and example for all of us. So thank you for sharing your thank life. You. Thanks for taking a stand for Jesus and uh, just keep shining and keep speaking. Yeah. God bless you. Thanks for being on your biggest breakthrough. Thank you. So glad you could join us today and you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah. And also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.